You are listening to the MZBC Students Greenhouse Podcast. For more information about Mount Zion Baptist Church, go to mzbc.net slash students or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mzbcstudents. Um, I really want you to have your eyes on the Bible tonight. Um, so if you're going to use your phone or something, have multitasking up, have like the notes app on one side and have uh, whatever Bible app you're going to use on the other and you can switch back and forth. We're going to do a lot of passages. So you're going to be flipping or scrolling or whatever you're doing quickly. All right. Um, so if you're new to uh, church or you're new to the Bible, God's word, um, you're going to not be able to flip as fast as you might like. Uh, so, you know, just just do your best, man. Just hang in there. We're going to cover a lot of scripture tonight. And as best you can, I want you to look at it because I think most people zone out when you just start reading to them. And I don't want you to zone out because the, the, the only thing that's going to change anything in your life tonight or any other night is, is the word of God. So that's, you've got to be, you've got to be looking at the word of God every time we come in this place. So, um, earlier when we asked each other, how we're doing, what kind of answers did you get? Good. I mean, we, we all, we all said the same thing, right? We say, Hey, Hey, how you doing? Like, I'm I'm good. Or um, if you're gonna, somebody's going to try to be honest, uh, I'll get two other answers. I only get three answers ever to that question. I get good and um, I get tired, I get tired a lot from teenagers, uh, and then I get um, busy. I'm, you're either good, you're tired, or you're busy, and if you said good, you're a liar, so you're really just tired or busy, right? That's where, that's, that's, so let's just, let's just let's, in your mind, I just want you to like zone in here with me for a minute. Man, if you came in Greenhouse tonight and you're just here because that girl invited you or whatever, or that boy invited you and you're really just here to look at them, then just, just for this moment, just, I want you to listen to me and then you can decide whether you're going to listen to me for the rest of the night. Okay. Can, can you just listen just for these right now? Just, I just want you to sit there just in your head without talking to anybody, without thinking of anything else, without touching anybody or playing with your pen or clicking stuff, whatever. Just answer this question. How are you doing? Just in your head, man, like, like the way you came in here tonight. How are you doing? See, I don't, I don't think you're good. I don't, I don't even think tired is really the, the issue. I think busy is, is a part of it. I think that, that most of us um, walk around, whether we're honest about it or not, most of us walk around in, in a state of internal uh, turmoil. Uh, there's just a storm raging inside of you and you put on like the most together exterior that you can so that everybody continues to think you're cool and you're like confident and you know what's going on. When in reality, if they knew the turmoil that was going on inside of you, um, I don't think you're good. So how are you doing? You know, we, um, I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna come at this from, from the perspective. Like, I, I, I think that you, the answer to that question is that your heart, your soul, your mind is in, in a state of turmoil, that your relationships are generally in a state of turmoil. Your family probably has an element of turmoil to it, that things are not um, right in any one of those areas and you are stressed and strained and um, that's really where, where most of us are. I think you came in here stressed and strained and busy. And when I, when I start hearing about your schedules, the stuff like, like the, the stuff you guys have stacked up day in, day out, the amount of homework you guys have going on and, and the, the number of practices you're in and like all of it, you're, you're busy. 
And then you go home and everything's kind of a mess. And then that girl dumps you and that guy doesn't think you're cute or whatever. And everything's just always, there's always something wrong. The the difficult thing about this for for us, for those of us in the room who are Christians particularly, um, when we're in that state of turmoil, you don't have, you're not able to do the things you want to do. You're not able to be the kind of person you be, the kind of person that you dream about yourself becoming or one day. You can't do that because you're just trying to survive. Did you come in here trying to survive? See, I think when we're in survival mode, we don't have time for anything else, even the stuff that could help us uh, get beyond that. We definitely don't have time to spend any time with God. I've got to get all this stuff done and I've got to go have this conversation with this person and I've got to go try to get my parents quit being angry with me so much. I got all this more important stuff to do. So I don't have time to spend any time with God because I've got to do all of this because I have to survive. I think that's one of the reasons that most of you don't spend hardly any time with God on a regular basis whatsoever. I think when we're trying to survive, um, we, we live very selfishly. We're trying to make sure everything for ourselves is taken care of, that um, all of our check boxes are done and all of our college applications are turned in and all of the, the people that we've got to keep up and make sure that they still like us, all that has to happen, but that's really just for us. And so when we start coming to Greenhouse and talking about living out our faith in ways that somebody else around us could, could see or even benefit by, we don't have time for that because we're just surviving. I've got to keep up my persona. I've got, I've got too much stuff to do. I, I can't focus on like living for other people because I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to make it through the day, man. Does that sound like the way life's supposed to be? Does that sound like the way God intended your life to be? Like, like, maybe you came in here and you're not, you're not a Christian. Like, you're not sure about this whole Jesus thing. That's fine. If there were a God, do you think, and that God is good, do you think that that good God would have intended your life to feel like that? I don't. So what's the opposite of that? What's the opposite of busy and stressed out and strained and turmoil? What's the opposite? What's the antidote to that? Well, in a word, it's, it's one of the words in this, in Galatians 5, 20, 22, it's one of the, the, the fruit of the spirit passages we've been talking about the last three or four weeks. It's this list off the, what a life lived with the spirit of God in that life, a Christian, what, that, what a Christian's life should look like. And there's this list and it says the fruit of the spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, if you're looking at that passage, which I hope you are, Galatians 5, 22, if you're looking at that, which one of those words do you really understand the least? Which one of those words do you understand the least? I'll read them again to you in case you didn't have your Bible out. Love, you kind of get what that means. Joy, kind of probably mix that up with happy a little bit, but yeah, it's closest, right? Peace. And then you just got like hippie peace signs and you're not really sure what that's about. And then, you know, patience, you get kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are pretty easy, but that word peace, we don't, we don't use that word a lot. Not in, not in a context where like, I, I'm, I'm in a state of peace. I, we don't, that's not, that just sounds like hippie talk and we don't really do that very much. I, it's not something we talk about consistently. And it's, I don't really think it's one we really understand what it, what it means. We don't use it very much. I don't think we really get it. And it definitely doesn't probably typify any of us much in the room. But, but, but the interesting thing is it's all across God's word. Like if you were to open up the concordance, if you had a paper Bible in the back, there's like that listing. Like you look up a word, it tells you all the places it's listed. If you went to peace, there's just, there's so many portions where, where God's word talks about 
being people of peace and living in peace and walking in peace and all this stuff about peace. And then we don't talk about it and don't think about how to live in it and, or how to claim it or take hold of it in any kind of way. And then it's kind of weird. It comes up so much that, that Paul, in, in almost every letter that he wrote in the Bible, like starting in Romans, it, he started almost every one of them hoping for and, and basically extending a prayer, a hope of grace and peace. Like in, in Romans chapter 1, verse 7, right at the beginning, he says, To all of you guys in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace. He's going to start his letter. He's going to, the, the, main, the thing I'm hoping and praying for you over you is, is grace and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. And you go to the next book of the Bible. It's 1 Corinthians. He's, he's verse 3. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the same in 2 Corinthians and Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians and Titus and 1 and 2 Thessalonians and 1 and 2 Timothy and Philemon. Then 1 and 2 Peter. Peter uses it. He's, both his books, he's got it. Second John starts off the same way. Third John closes. He's tried to mix it up and be different for once. Then Jude and Revelation, same thing. Both of them start with his grace and peace. If you're a Christian in the room, we talk about grace a lot. We talk about living in that, how that Jesus died for you, extended you a free gift of salvation. And if you'll just take it, then you, get, you accept the grace of God in your life. We get grace, but peace how many of you, like, if you came up to me and were like, man, Britna, I hope you're, living in, hope you're living in grace and peace today. That would sound very apostolic. I'd be proud of you. You, had, you haven't said that. You never said that to anybody. We don't talk about that. We don't talk about how we are supposed to be people of grace and peace. So if it comes up this much, if it's, it's that consistent, you see there's a pattern here. Why is it that we, we don't talk about it? Why, why is it that this doesn't come up? I don't know. I'm afraid... I'm afraid that we don't get it. I'm afraid that we don't really understand peace. We don't um, think about it or teach on it much or discuss it or, or even think about it for ourselves. I'm afraid that we don't get it because so many of us have never, ever really experienced it. No, we, we never, we've never got it. We, we don't know what it means because we've never lived in it. But tonight, students, if you walked in here in a point of turmoil, if you walked in here busy, if you walked in here stressed or strained or whatever, I, I want you to know that what, we're, what I'm hoping is that through looking at a whole bunch of different passages in God's word, that you can walk away from here tonight with a plan to recapture some peace. Because if you're a Christian in the room, you have every reason to live in peace. You don't have to live the way you're living. You can recapture it. Those of us who've met Jesus, we talked about last week, uh, we should be unique in some very specific ways. So tonight in this SALT series, the, those of you who have met Jesus should be uniquely peace-filled. And then when the busy, stressed-out world around you sees that, they should see a difference. So if we're going to try to recapture peace, we've got to figure out exactly what it is, right? So we've got to define it, okay? So we're going to define peace. I think um, you probably have a picture of it, and there's like, like those VW vans with peace signs or something on it. That's, that's not the best picture of what biblical peace uh, is, all right? So the, the best picture for me is in, is in Mark chapter 4, verse 39. You don't need to turn there. Just save your flipping skills for a second. In, in Matthew, Mark chapter 4, Jesus is asleep in a boat, all right? And everybody else is paddling because he's Jesus, and I guess he didn't feel like paddling or sailing or whatever they're doing, right? And uh, he just, like, Jesus, I'm sleeping. And so he took a nap. And this storm comes up, like I keep getting these, my phone keeps buzzing because apparently there's a storm coming. Thank you all for coming to Greenhouse when the storm's coming. I'm proud of you. Way to be tough, all right? Um, and so there's a storm, the storm comes up and the, the sea begins to boil. Not like, like hot water boil, I'm being figurative. I probably shouldn't have said that. Teenagers, tone it down. All right, and so the, the, there's like the waves start coming up and it's, it's starting to like 
really strong winds and this is getting nuts, right? And this little boat's getting tossed around and it, people are starting to get seasick. Probably it's getting to be a mess. And, and they get to the point where these guys who were, were fishermen, a lot of them were fishermen, got so scared that they, they literally thought they were about to die. And so they went to the back of the boat and woke up Jesus who was asleep and apparently didn't care they were about to die. And they said, hey, do you, do you not care that we're, we're all about to drown? Can you just wake up and be terrified with us? And, and so this is, this is what he says. He says that he awoke, Jesus, he, he woke up and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. That's the picture of peace that, that I want you to have in your mind for your life. Where Jesus speaks a word over you and the storm inside of you goes calm. That's what's possible. That's the kind of peace that he's talking about where, where Jesus comes and he speaks a word of hope and forgiveness and grace and the storm inside quiets. The situation doesn't change, but the storm goes still. A Christian's peace comes from a place of confidence and trust in God. That's what, John, that's what Jesus was talking about in John 16, 33. In John 16, 33, he says, I have said these things to you that in me, in Jesus, you may have peace. He says, but, it, but in, in the world, you're gonna have tribulation. So in Jesus, you may have peace, but in the world, everything's still gonna be crazy. Your family's still gonna be crazy. Your school's still gonna be crazy. Your stuff's still gonna be nuts. But in me, you can have peace. So he says, you may have peace in me. In the world, you have tribulation, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Basically the same, but because, you, because you're on my team now, because if you're a Christian and you've placed your faith and hope and trust in Jesus and you're on his team, that you get to have this confidence and this trust in him that, that makes it okay when everything else around you is going crazy, you still have this underlying sense of peace and calm in your heart because you know there's a God of the universe who's got you in his hand. He has a plan. He's, gonna, he's all powerful. He's good. He's gonna, I mean, you've got this hope that keeps you steady no matter what comes. That's the peace that we can have in Christ. We sing this song, the, the Our God song, right? We sing this, it just says Our God like 700 times, it's over and over, right? Um, that, that song, right? And there's a, the bridge in that song says, um, if our God is for us, who can stand against, right? Now we're, maybe we're getting kind of tired of that song, but when that, man, when that, first, that song first came out, man, we'd, we'd get to that bridge and we're just all like screaming that, like if our God is for us, like who could stand up girl? Like we're just like going nuts, right? We love that part. Do we mean that? I mean, if, if, if we have a God that we have placed our trust in, we said, man, I'm gonna trust my life. I'm giving my life over to you. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm trusting you with it. If that God, the God of the universe who spoke and stars existed, like if, if the God of the universe is for you. Really, what are, the, what are those kids that are, I mean, what are those kids that are mean to you? What, come on, really? I've got the God of the universe like behind me saying everything's gonna be okay. When everything at home goes nuts, I've got a God of the universe who says everything's gonna be okay. The tribulation's still there, the trial's still there, it's still hard, it's still emotional, it's still what it is, but there's an underlying peace that can happen because of who God is and what Christ has done in your life. So peace is this internal stillness. It's internal confidence based on trusting Jesus. 
Jesus came to make peace. And so there's just four passages I wanna look at just to make sure that we drive this home, that we know that one of the reasons Jesus came was to provide peace in your life. If you're a Christian, I want you to know that Jesus wants you to live in peace. So Isaiah 9, 6, go to the book of Isaiah. It's in the Old Testament. It's like probably like a third into your Bible, something like that. We're gonna do two in Isaiah, so you can go ahead and flip over there. These are good ones to underline or if you have an app, highlight or whatever it is you do. Jesus came to make peace. One of the titles given to him is Prince of Peace in Isaiah 9, 6. This is one of the verses we read at Christmas. It says, for, for unto us a child is born. Right? Doesn't that feel like Christmas? You got like Christmas trees in your head right now? For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Is he your Prince of Peace? Is he, is, he, is he like ruling in your life in such a way that brings peace? Are you living in peace that he can provide or says he can provide? I think most of us aren't. So if, if we were being honest, we'd have to strike that out of that list there because Prince of Peace isn't real for most of us. The second one is Isaiah 53, 5, showing us that the cross was intended to bring us peace says in Isaiah 53, 5, that he was pierced for our transgressions, Jesus. He was crushed for our iniquities and upon him was the punishment that brought us peace. That upon him was the punishment that was able to bring you peace with God. That, that you have a punishment that was on your shoulders for all the stuff that you had chosen to do wrong, that there was sin in your life and he took the punishment for that. And when he did that, it made peace between you and God. He handled all the punishment. There's nothing, nothing wrong. There's no sin between you and God anymore. He just wipes all that away so that you have peace directly with God. That's what the cross was for, to make peace between you and God. Luke, 7, uh, Luke chapter 7, verse 50, this is over the New Testament. You got to flip to the New Testament. You got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Luke 7, verse 50. Jesus healed someone and he said something really interesting to her. It's something he keep repeatedly saying to people that he would heal or uh, would come in contact with. And he said uh, to this woman that he healed, he said, your faith has saved you. That's, what, that's, that's the same for us, man. Like we, we put our faith in Jesus. We haven't seen him. So we, on faith, we believe what the Bible says to be true. We believe it on faith. So it says, your faith has saved you. Same for us. And it says this, go in peace. Your faith is saved, so go in peace. It's a word that Jesus could have spoken to any one of you the moment you gave your life to Christ. If you're a Christian in the room, he could have said that to you. Hey, your faith has saved you, so go in peace. He didn't say go follow a bunch of rules. He didn't say, hey, your faith has saved you, so uh, go like, do something like be obedient. Yeah, there's obedience as a part of that, but if he's gonna boil it down to this one phrase that says, your faith has saved you, go in peace. Get to walk in peace now. That's just, this, the burden, that the, the guilt, the, all the mess is gone, it's taken care of. Just, so now you just get to go and live in peace knowing that I've handled all your stuff. Did you go in peace today? I didn't. It would just go in peace, like describe the last month of your life. No. Your faith has saved you, so go 
in peace. And he's called us to live in his peace. John 14, uh, just a few chapters later, John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give. Not, uh, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So I've, I've given you my peace, so don't let your heart be troubled and don't let it be afraid. Is your heart troubled? Is your heart afraid? She's saying, listen, like in, in me, there's this, this confidence that you can have where you don't have to be troubled. You don't have to be afraid. Fear's, a, fear's an interesting word choice there um, because I, th- I think fear uh, hits every single one of us. No matter how tough you think you are, no matter how like together you try to make everybody think you, you are. I think a lot of us are just straight up driven by fear. That like, man, we... <laughs> We do the same thing that everybody else does. We got the same hat, the same hair, the same, like, tall, Jessica and I were talking about the, the tall socks, man. Like, when I was in high school, if I'd worn the tall socks, man, I got made fun of so hard. So I didn't wear tall socks. But now if I don't wear tall socks, I get made fun of. My interns make fun of me because I don't wear tall socks. So now I got to find some tall socks so I don't get made fun of because I'm driven by fear. We all are. There's, all, there's, all, there's an element of fear that drives so much of what we do. And it's one of the reasons why we look like everyone else. It's one of the reasons you, you're like, you don't look any different than anybody who's not a Christian because you're so driven by fear that you can't look any different than them. You can't behave differently. You can't break out of the, your old way of life. You've got to keep doing your thing so that the same people like you because you're afraid. If they don't like me, then who am I going to be friends with? You're driven by fear. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. He's saying, I've given you this peace that you can have in me where everything's gonna be okay. You can, like, you can just go and you can live for Jesus. You can live it out and it's going to be okay whether you believe him or not. So peace is this internal stillness. It's this internal confidence in Jesus and, and those of us who have met Jesus should be uniquely peace-filled. And most of us aren't. So what do you do? All right, this is a super pretty little group talk about peace and you still have no idea what to do yet, right? We can, we can walk out right now and you have no clue how to do anything different. You just be like, yeah, I'm supposed to be peace-filled and I'm not, so great. Let's talk about specifically what to do to start trying to reclaim some peace, okay? This is stuff you should write down, all right? So the overall idea here is that you have to pursue peace. It doesn't get lightning bolted into your face or something, okay? Like God doesn't like wad up a big ball of peace and like slam it on your head like a water balloon, okay? It's not it's something you have to work for. You have to pursue peace. 2 Timothy 2.22 says, flee youthful passions and pursue, pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. You have to pursue those things. So how do you, how do, you do that? How do you pursue it? First and foremost, you gotta spend time with God. Sorry, I know you think you're too busy. If you're gonna pursue peace, you have to spend time with God on your own, consistently. And if you don't, you're not gonna find it. By the way, if if you don't spend time with God on your own, you're never gonna grow past where you are spiritually right now. You're just not. The passage here is is, um, Philippians 4, uh, verses six and seven. says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So like saying everything, like everything that's going on, everything that you're stressed about, everything that you're worried about, everything that's hard, put all that at the feet of God and talk to him about it. That's a lot of time in prayer. 
So just do, if, you, if you're going to do all those things, if you're going to put all those things at Jesus' feet, this is what it says, if you do that, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. If you do that, if you're consistently laying all the stuff you're scared of, if you're consistently laying all the stuff that's, that you're worried about, if you're laying all the turmoil and all the crazy at the feet of Jesus consistently, there's this, there's this peace that settles on you. But you've got to do the work. You've got to have an abiding prayer life. You've got to figure it out. You've got to spend time with God consistently if you're going to want to pursue this peace thing. The second is you've got to pursue peace with other people. You've got to pursue peace with other people. Romans 12, 18 says this. I love, I love how realistic this passage is. It says, if possible, so far as it depends on you. That's two caveats, right? The Bible's giving us two caveats here. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with everyone. It's almost like the Bible, like the writer, like Paul knows this isn't gonna happen. That you're not gonna be able to live peaceably with everybody. Are there people at school that you're at war with for something that happened like in seventh grade? If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with everyone. Hebrews 12, 14 says it differently. Strive for peace with everyone. Strive for peace with everyone. So, in, so you know, in what, in what relationships in your life is peace lacking? In what relationships in your life is peace lacking? And how can you pursue peace there? What are, the, what are the small steps that you can take to pursue peace in those relationships? If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Students, Christ didn't die on a cross for you to live in this in, in busyness and stress and turmoil where that, that just drags you away from him and drags you away from being used by him, just, just draws you into this self-focused nonsense. He didn't, that's, not, that's not what this life's supposed to be about. And you don't have to stay there. So if the answer to the question that I asked at the beginning of how, how are you doing, if the honest answer to that question is not where you want it to be and this peace thing sounds good, then I would say to you, pursue peace. Start spending time with God consistently and just watch what happens over time. And also go get, go get to work on all that mess in your relationships and, and chase down some peace in there as far as you can take it recognizing that some other people might not meet you halfway, but at least you've done your part. If you don't want to live in the turmoil, then don't. Then live in the peace that Christ died to make available to you. I want to pray for you, and then then we're going to go to our small groups. Father, um, God, I I, I know that uh, for me and and probably probably every one of us in this room, um, if we, we think really honestly about where we are, uh, and, and hold that up against this idea of peace, of you speaking a word over us and the storm going still, that doesn't look like us. That doesn't look like our lives. I think most of us have storms raging inside of us. Um, and most days we, we just, we're just trying to survive it. So God, we're, we're thankful that, um, we're hopeful. We're thankful that you provided peace, but we're hopeful that we could find it. I'm hopeful. Uh, not only for myself, but for each one of us in this place, that, that, um, that we can get to a point where we pursue peace diligently, where we're spending time with you and, and that peace uh, begins to, uh, to rest on us. Thank you for making the peace available to us. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the salvation that you've made available to us. It's your sons, I pray. Amen. Go find your groups.